ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Hey, sorry. Oh, my gosh, I'm so busy. I'm really, really sorry. Can I, do you mind if I just quickly send this email before we start? Uh, okay. Oh, we're recording already. Sorry about that. Okay. Oh my gosh, I'm just so busy. And I know it's not just me because it's literally all anyone I talk to is saying as well. It's always a busy few weeks or it's so crazy right now, but the craziness doesn't ever seem to end. So are we destined to feel like we're on the cusp of burnout for the rest of our lives? I'm Tegan Taylor and this is Quick Smart, a show that feeds you big ideas in bite-sized pieces. Work is spilling into our lives. It's all we talk about. It's all we think about. So is it possible to reach that mystical balancing point where we can be productive at work, but also have enough of ourselves left for the other parts of our lives too? Well, one person who has spent years deep diving into ways to work better, not harder, is here to answer all my panicky existential questions. It's Lisa Leong. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Tegan. So you're now reached sort of the Zen state of actualization when it comes to work-life balance, <laughs> but you haven't always been like this. No, I was a person who really did overdo it and I was working as a corporate executive flying around and I thought for work-life balance, I'll train for an Olympic distance triathlon. <laughs> so not only was I flying around and doing all these, you know, answering the emails and all that stuff, but I was also doing a lot of training and my body just crashed. And I got shingles, which at the time I thought was a medieval disease, but uh, it's basically where your body, you know, has an autoimmune response and it was actually the postopedic neuralgia that really oh. got me and I was bedridden and it was so bad. It was basically secondary nerve damage. The doctor said, whatever you do, don't Google postopedic neuralgia. So I went home <laughs> and I Googled it <laughs> and it was stories of people who never went back to work because the nerve damage was so bad. So I just sat in my bed and I cried and I thought, what has gone wrong I have ticked all the boxes of what we think success is and what we're told success is, and yet I think I've just ruined my whole life. And so that was the point, Tegan, where I really did have to look at my behaviour and the things around me and to really try and recalibrate how do I feel about work and what do I want my work life to be if I do get the chance again to work. And so I did recover and I managed to get back to work, but I did turn my life around. I mean, not to make light of what sounds like an absolutely awful chapter of your life, but it is kind of ironic that you turned it into a job. (laughs) (laughs) I know. And that's the funny thing is that I'm working on a show called This Work in Life, and it's really about examining why do we work the way we work and how might we work better? Yeah. So I do want to talk to you about two things today. I want to talk to you about work and I want to talk to you about life and that balance between the two. So let's start with life because it feels like work is seeping into a lot of our lives. We've got this amazing technology that allows us to kind of work anywhere. And what that has often ended up for most of us is that we're working everywhere. So how do you sort of draw back and kind of reclaim the life part of a work-life balance? 
what I find interesting and maybe is the starting point is to even look at the phrase work-life balance. I only tend to use terms that I find helpful. So, and I ask myself, is it a help or is it a hindrance? And I think work-life balance as a concept is getting in the way because it gives us this idea of something being static. And really, when you look at how integrated work is in our lives and will always be, then I think it's setting us up for failure at the start. So, I try and use either a different word. So, some people use the word work-life integration or I use work-life coherence and it's like heart coherence. It's a space where um, there is no set point, but we're always tinkering with it. So I think that's a good start is to say, how do we integrate things a little bit better? And then once again, maybe a useful phrase is, who do you want to be when the on-air light switches off? Because in radio, sometimes our role and our personalities and our identity gets way too hooked up in the job. And actually, you can extrapolate this to most of our jobs. So if you're the CEO or if you're a manager or whatever you're doing, sometimes you become the role. So this advice, who do you want to be when the on-air light switches off, is that one day you may not be doing that role in radio mm. or in TV. And so you need to think about who do you want to be as a person? I know that I started this conversation sounding pretty bleak around work, but actually work should be fun and enjoyable and we should feel like we're producing something when we're doing it. So what have you found that has worked in terms of boosting your work productivity? So one of the concepts that I've found really useful is the concept of batching. So trying to do similar tasks in batches or in clumps together. And so I find that helpful to look at my day and try and ring fence things that I'm doing, whether it be work or whether it be at home, to try and give myself the least amount of cognitive switching. So that's one of the things that I do. So I have a morning routine that I do every morning and then I'll sort of do a bit of the deep work or things that I need my high cognition for in the morning because I'm a morning person. And then I have a break at lunch and then for the afternoon I do batch my communication. So that will be sort of in the afternoon or from some meetings as well. And then I log off for the day. And I log off quite early because I start a bit earlier. Another thing that I have found really useful is something called time boxing. Okay. Have you heard of this one, Tegan? No. So this is an antidote to the to-do list that never gets done. And so instead of having a to-do list where it's a whole list of things that you need to do, and by the way, nobody ever finishes it, and it makes you feel even worse because you never finish your to-do list, you put it on another list that goes on forever, and it makes you feel bad. So you swap it. And what you do instead is you think, okay, what are my key priorities? So if the most important thing is my health, say, then I'm going to go into my calendar and I'm going to actually put all the things that are to do with my health that I need to do, and I'm going to put it in my calendar first, and I'm going to put the amount of time in and block that out in my calendar. So let's say it's an hour a day of doing the morning routine that I spoke about. 
So that's the first thing that goes into my diary. And then I look at the other really big blocks, the really big things that I really want to do in my life. Say it is a project. So it's a new project that I want to do. And I think it needs two hours a day. So that goes into the diary. I'm going to account for every waking moment in my diary. So that includes taking the breaks. That includes any of the other little duties that I need to do. And even though my diary looks really scary, Tegan, (laughs) (laughs) I've colour-coded it so that I know that blue is actually space in my calendar and it's not so scary. Uh, So it does look frightening. But what it means is that I don't overestimate how long it takes to do things and that the most important things are in my diary and they get done. Do you know what really strikes me as you're talking about this and trying to think about how I would apply it to my own life is it actually requires a lot of self-awareness and actually knowing what your own priorities are. And it feels like with work and life and everything, we kind of just get swept along with the tide. But really what I'm hearing from what you're talking about, big picture, is a need to actually know what you what matters to you and then enacting that. I think that's the essence of it all. And maybe that's where that phrase, you know, who will you be when the on-air light switches off? Why it is so important. It is to reflect on the things that are important to you so that you know when you're happy, when you're in flow, when things feel easeful, because that is a state that you want to get into. Work doesn't have to be a drudge. Work doesn't have to be a burden. Actually, you have quite a lot of agency in your work. So reframing the way you view your work to sort of get more enjoyment out of it. So Lisa Leong, host of This Working Life and author of Book of the Same Name, it sounds like I don't need it to be all 3am wake-ups and lemon juice in the hot water to have a good productive working life. (laughs) No, I don't think so. And and I do think as well, you know, even though I talk about the biohacking and the morning routine, it is not one size fits all. You know, we know that one size fits no one. Lisa, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks, Tegan. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.